0: Hello and welcome back to Studying Granada, a podcast where I, Mike Gnome, a fan but not expert of the Sherlock Holmes canon, and my friend and, at this point, probably apprentice Jackson Eflin, go through the 1980s Granada television series, The Adventures, Return, Memoirs, etc. of Sherlock Holmes, starring Jeremy Brett and Edward Hardwick.
1: <laughs> well, not right now. Right now, we're starring Joanna Legiofor and... Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah, so we decided to watch Sherlock Gnomes after um we couldn't really do our original idea, which was to play some of the Sherlock Holmes video games.
1: Turns out I have some screen-related nausea, so that's fun to learn about.
0: Yeah, uh, I only bring it up because I didn't want Jackson's great joke of titling the bonus episodes The Study Granada, The Game is Afoot, to go to waste, because it was very good. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. So if you may remember in the last bonus episode, Holmes and Watson, we talked about the idea of Watson as the villain, and I mentioned this movie kind of did that fairly well, and so we decided what the hell it's... Uh, Jump in to Sherlock knows.
1: <laughs> so, for those not familiar, of which I cannot blame you, uh, this is a sequel to Romeo and Juliet, a sort of loose retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but for kids, and all the characters are garden gnomes and other ornaments.
0: Which character from Romeo and Juliet would you say Mancini is? Who's the, uh... Father Lawrence. That's what I was thinking, too.
1: I was going to say he's a little closer to Mercutio.
0: No, definitely Father Lawrence. Okay, yeah, I guess. You didn't remember the part in Romeo and Juliet where Father Lawrence is wearing a mankini?
1: It's been a long time since I've watched you the Baz Luhrmann version.
0: Or his famous line, "Sun's out, buns out.
1: <laughs> the sun doth be out of the bun, quoth be out. <laughs> that's, that's how Shakespeare talk happens.
0: Oh, there's a pool! Woo-hoo. I'm okay! Excuse me. So, before we get into the synopsis, mm-hmm. we open the movie on a librarian gnome with a big book, and they're going to tell us a story of Sherlock Holmes. And some other gnomes jump in, and they want to hear other stories. I wrote a few of them down. Indiana gnomes. Game of gnomes. or the gnome Ranger. No. The twilight gnome. No. No. Spider-Man. No. Gnome. Spider-Man. Gnome
1: coming. That was pretty topical. I'm wondering how well that's going to age. Yeah, it won't. Uh,
0: probably not as well. But this <laughs> you know, came out in 2018.
1: All so. the discourse is going to be happening about this movie
0: in 20 years. Yeah, you know, once we finally get that, let's say, hot <laughs> strong gnomes talk. But that, anyway. Oh, uh, what was what was Twilight Gnomes about? Yeah, so there's a bunch of gnomes and they're in like a very small airplane, and one of the gnomes just keeps insisting that there's something on the on that <laughs> nobody else can see. The <laughs> and then. Turns out it was all a dream. <laughs> sure.
1: So yeah, the gnomes work on kind of a Toy Story logic where humans don't know and they freeze to keep them from finding out. The
0: animation was a lot like Toy Story. There could be a shared universe. I mean, it's
1: not made by Pixar, but if Pixar like declared it a part of the cinematic universe, I'd accept it. So
0: look out for the next Pixar DreamWorks crossover, The Toy Gnome War. <sighs>
1: yes, good.
0: Also probably on Equalizers and so point. <laughs>
1: We can't really sequelize this, it's a sequel. Yeah, New Year New new, new Chances. Ah, true, true. So anyway, uh, Sherlock Gnomes, who is the protector of all of London's garden gnomes, and his beleaguered assistant John Watson, are facing off against Moriarty, their greatest foe, when Moriarty is shattered, bringing an end to his reign of terror. Meanwhile, Nomi and Juliet are planning to step into the role as a leader as they and their other ornaments and family have moved to a new garden in London. Juliet's focus on her work makes Nomi feel kind of pushed to the sidelines, so he tries to impress her by grabbing a flower. And it goes wrong, and they're away from the garden when all the gnomes
0: vanish. I want to point out that the gentleman who owns the house, there's two people at the very beginning who I believe are called Mr. Montague and Mrs. Capulet. Mm -hmm. Mr. Montague is voiced by Richard Wilson, who we last saw in The Red-Headed League, as the gentleman who runs The Red-Headed League.
1: Oh, dang.
0: Yeah, I caught the voice and I double-checked on the name. It's the same guy. That's a deep pull. That's what I'm known for.
1: Which one are you known for? (laughs)
0: <laughs> this isn't stopping the flower shop that he goes to is called Wisteria Lodge Flowers oh, Wisteria nice. Lodge is a shock Holmes story for all those deep cut nerds out there
1: there are a decent amount of deep cuts in here like they put in slightly more effort than they strictly had to
0: yeah so I caught a few references the Wisteria Lodge was one there's obviously the Hound owned by the Baskervilles
1: mm-hmm. you know Hound a word that people only use in connection to the Hound of the Baskervilles yeah And then
0: when they go to the doll shop later in the plot, which we'll get to, it's called Doyle's, which Mm. I didn't catch that. The internet did. I caught the bouncer's name is Gregson, and Inspector Gregson or Captain Gregson something is a regular police person that Holmes gets in contact with. Oh, nice. Other ones that the internet caught that I didn't was Sharon Ford Movers, which was an original name that Doyle considered for Sherlock instead of Sherlock. Mm. It was Sharon Ford in the BBC Sherlock it's the secret sister that he forgot about because either trauma or hypnotism or both. There's a couple references where Sherlock Gnomes and Juliet are hiding and she's hiding under a cup that's like Zeman's juice or something and he's hiding in a chip bag that the brand is Harryhausen's and Carol Zeman was a legendary animator in the past Mm. and Harryhausen the the inventor of stop motion.
1: He... I think he's best known for.
0: No. No, you get to use this weapon against me, and then when I use it against you, I'm the monster. I mean, I was the monster before, you are now the monster
1: as well, so I don't have a right to be annoyed about it, but I still will be. Anyway, yeah, he's best known for uh, The Clash of the Titans.
0: She must be delivered to the Kraken at the setting of the sun, or else the Kraken will destroy old Chopper and everyone within the city. For the insult you have done to me and the cruel injury inflicted on my son, I demand the life of Andromeda. Those are all the references I found or I found people talking about. There may be more. Tweet us the references you found at in Mm -hmm. underscore (laughs) ganada. See what I did there? Yeah.
1: Got that SEO going on. So (laughs) Sherlock Gnomes looks like Sherlock Holmes but shrunken down. I'm kind of sad they didn't do more to make him a little more gnomey. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I would have liked a more gnomish hat. A gnomish deerstalker.
0: Oh, wow. Good band name. They based the design off of Basil Rathbone, a famous actor who portrayed Sherlock Holmes many times. I mean, for me, it's always going to be Jeremy Brett. For the population at large, it's Basil Rathbone.
1: Yeah, he's kind of the Ur-Sherlock Holmes. And while we're talking about the design, I like the animation <laughs> a lot, actually.
0: It worked really well for a story about gnomes. It, mm. it feels like they designed the gnomes, and then we like, okay, this is the animation style we're going with.
1: There is a very stonishness to the movement of the gnomes that worked really well for them.
0: A lot of them, because of the way they're built, don't actually have legs that can move. And so they did a lot of waddling, which I liked. I don't really have much to say about the gnome design. It was was very good. I can agree. I I wish that maybe they had made a gnome Sherlock Holmes and not Sherlock Holmes a gnome. Yeah. I get it, but I, I think it would have probably been funnier if they had just made like a gnome and then put a deer stalker on it, and that was Sherlock Gnomes.
1: It's not really germane to the Sherlock Holmes part, but I like a lot of the kind of borrower's technology as you described it.
0: For some bars, Rescue Rangers is another one where mm-hmm. they use recycled. Things I think the somewhat speed boat that Holmes and Watson used to get through the sewers, the way they propelled it was like water bottles that Watson was dropping Alka-Seltzer tablets into and then stoppering it, so it was shooting out the back, and that was what was propelling the boat. Yeah. That was really cool. Like, it was just a neat way of giving them tech, but also making it, like, scavenged from the real world.
1: Mm-hmm. So it didn't feel like there was, like, this secret society of gnomes who have their own thing going on there, just kind of picking up whatever, which... I like that. That fits. Um, and then lastly, there's like the Sherlock Holmes kind of a mind palace thing, which was great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was very Escher-esque. Yeah! But. Like, I know that... um the BBC Sherlock famously brought in the idea of the Mind Palace and the way that they show it whenever it's physically shown in episodes it's a, like a room I liked this one where it's more of an Escher house and he's trying to remember where he's seen this specific number nine before and it's small versions of him running around with nines like showing it to him while he's sitting in this chair until the right one shows up and Like I thought that was a really cool take on the, mm-hmm. the Mind Palace idea A very classic 2D animation style it reminds me a lot of
1: Disney cartoons like back in like Steamboat Willie era
0: there's a point where Nomio is going on a rant about how he thinks Sh- sherlock is an asshole and an idiot and they shouldn't follow that and he goes into the mind palace where he's just ignoring him and he's just languidly like melting into this chair smoking his pipe and i'm i have to wonder if this is a subtle reference to the cocaine or morphine what is it tonight morphine or cocaine but yeah, no, the Mind Palace was really cool. That was one of my favorite parts. They changed the animation style, and it was a really cool take on Holmes's memory techniques.
1: Yeah. I love that we are at a point where you can have multiple animation styles in a thing because we just have that much visual language for mm-hmm. that. That's a really good way to differentiate different points in the narrative. So yeah, Sherlock Holmes is on the case looking for these missing gnomes because gnomes are missing all over London. Breaking news! While London prepares for its largest fireworks display ever, something barely newsworthy is happening in the gardens across the capital. Someone is out there stealing innocent gnomes. When contacted, the police said,
0: We have no time for this. Please don't contact us again.
1: They're clearly swamped. Some say it's a job for Sherlock gnomes.
0: Others say it's a slow news day. I do want to talk about that clip because it is people news, if you will. And they say, this sounds like a case for Sherlock Gnomes. So either they're just making a really weird joke, or they know who Sherlock Gnomes is. Like, he's that famous that somehow they know about him.
1: I'm guessing it's the first. I'm guessing it's just like the kind of obvious joke name thing. Sure. Or it's kind of like how in the Harry Potter universe the Prime Minister is told about uh, the wizarding world. So well,
0: somebody told broadcast news that gnomes could are sentient. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, only broadcast news. Head
0: Cannon.
1: He's kind of the Jim Gordon of the news world. Like it's his job to like make sure that Sherlock Gnomes knows what's going on. Good lord. While Sherlock Gnomes is investigating, Nomi and Juliet get back to the garden and they squabble a bit. But eventually, Sherlock and Watson run off, and Juliet insists upon following and helping solve the case. They're told they have only 24 hours to find the missing gnomes, or they'll all be smashed. They follow a string of clues that leads them to uh, separate at two different museums Nomi and Watson at the British Museum, and then Juliet and Sherlock at a modern art museum.
0: Are we just skipping Curly Foos entirely? Yes. Okay. As the movie could have. It was unnecessary. It wouldn't have been unfortunate, maybe, if they hadn't disguised themselves in very stereotypical, tropey, kind of racist... Asian costumes. Vocal air quotes. It's still an unfortunate vignette. It made me feel a little bit better about it that the two speaking parts for Asians were Asian people. And the other uh,
1: vignettes involved like a Hound of the Baskerville parody, which, you know, that was fine enough. Yeah, they um, were being
0: chased by a dog and they were in a scroll costume. Yep. I will say Juliet did ramp a go-kart into a tree. Yeah,
1: that was pretty cool. There are a few different like vignettes of clue solving, but they're not super germane to the plot mm-hmm. beats. They're mostly developing the character stuff like Sherlock ignoring Watson, and uh, Julia being over-focused on her work. So, at the museum, we meet our, I guess, mini-bosses, which are gargoyles, who are just functionally dragons, and yeah. very big, who manage to capture Anomio and take him to where the other gnomes are being held, and Watson is shattered.
0: I was so sure... One of those gargoyles was Idris Elba. It was not. I, I looked on IMDb. It wasn't him. But I was. One of them sounds so much like Idris Elba.
1: I do like how the gargoyles also animate. They're also part of this like ornamental world. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean they're classic bruisers. Yeah, one of them is very into princess narratives. Yes, which is adorable. Oh, he looks like a fairy tale princess. I like fairy tales. Don't kill Reggie. Mm-hmm.
1: While Juliet is very emotionally stressed, Sherlock Gnomes is like focused on the mission, like laser focused. And Juliet realizes that being too focused on things means she's not allowing herself to feel. Yeah. I- and I want to talk about that in the future, but we can kind of get to that down the line. Sure. So they only got about twelve hours. Nomeo is helping stage an escape while Juliet and Sherlock are following clues, which lead them to Iron Adler.
0: Yes, just. Called Irene in this, uh, voiced by Mary J. Blige.
1: Yeah,
0: um, it was okay. I mean,
1: yeah, she wasn't the worst. She and Sherlock like, used to date, so that's there's that a thing. music number. Yeah. yeah, it's a decent song.
0: It feeds us into getting Juliet's kind of arc settled where she says the things like that is obvious that she's learned her lesson, I guess. Right. A man doesn't make you strong. You're right. A man doesn't make you strong, but the right partner can make you stronger. But I've let mine down, and now I need to make it right. I don't, I don't really feel like touching on the characters' plots for most of it. Like, basically, she and Sherlock were analogous. Watson and Nomio were analogous mm-hmm. of being too focused on this thing, not treating your friend-slash-partner with the respect that they deserve or trusting them enough or putting them before other things, like putting them last, basically. And she learns not to do that anymore. And later in the movie, for a different reason, Sherlock also learns that.
1: Right. I will admit that I'm not, like, super into the whole Sherlock and Irene Adler were lovers, thing but
0: i I think in granada especially they did it without that Mm. and it was good and everybody else does it with i generally don't care for it there are times like this one this was so off the beaten path as it were i'm fine with it sure if you're trying to do a more faithful adaptation and you still do that that's where i kind of i don't know but this one was so out there that i just okay sure
1: sure i can agree with that they managed to follow the last clue just in the nick of time they find the the perpetrator of these crimes was Watson, who orchestrated the whole thing so that Sherlock would pay attention
0: to him. Very much a, the only person or gnome or whatever that you ever respected was Moriarty, and so I had to prove to you that I was just as good as Moriarty by beating you.
1: Mm. And all the gnomes who were kidnapped are totally safe, nothing bad's gonna happen to me, he was just trying to prove a point to Sherlock so that Sherlock would pay attention to him, which and, I, I like that. I think like that's a really solid watson as antagonist, but not quite
0: villain. Yeah, and the idea being, we're gonna go get the gnomes and you and I are never gonna see each other again, and... He has a line there. Maybe you'll treat your next partner a little better. Yeah. World Watson, there's one thing I want to talk about. We didn't talk about what the bar was saying. His grappling cane. Yeah. Which is used a lot. And I guess it makes sense with gnomes coming from like high places or going high places. But I mean, he's a crack shot with a grappling cane, which is a sense I never thought I'd ever say.
1: Yeah, but it's pretty cool. I think grappling cane also has a sword in it.
0: Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I didn't see that, but I, I wasn't paying 100% attention. I'm sure you'll be surprised to learn. What?
1: Yeah. I think that's a really cool addition. I like the idea of Watson as the gadget guy. He can't really be a doctor here. They're gnomes.
0: In, in a narrative where Holmes is doing all the heavy lifting, like Watson's basically there to be impressed and be the sidekick. Making him the gadget guy is a way to make him useful without making him good at right. the detective stuff.
1: It's kind of like how because it's a different take. It's, yeah. a, it's a good thing for this Watson.
0: Yeah, like I, like you said, he doesn't really have medical practice to go back on. So. Right. I don't know. That would have been an interesting facet of like gnome garden gnome medicine and like fixing I, bones and.
1: I have a lot of questions about bones, how that works. Setting bones. No, setting no, setting so. bones. Yeah. I guess, like, gluing them back together?
0: Yeah, I actually thought a lot about that. Like, because at one point, Holmes gets his, like, leg basically spent, and so he can't run or whatever. And I was just wondering, like, is that just what his leg is like forever now? If you were to, like, break it off and then glue a new leg on, would it work? Like, what's the...
1: So, Irene Adler is a doll, and it seems like the dolls have a kind of poseable, interchangeable parts, Mm -hmm. so I suppose it's got something to do with the animating force, but also, can you therefore ship a Theseus, Irene Adler? (laughs) A very unusual sentence. And so this is the end of Act 2, and I'm super into this, actually. If the movie had ended here, or, like, wrapped up here, that could have been great. That could have been a really satisfying narrative. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. Uh turns out Moriarty's alive, and he orchestrated the whole thing, and he tricked Watson into it, or he worked with the gargoyles to help cook up the scheme with Watson. So it was actually Moriarty behind the whole thing, and it wasn't Watson's plan at all. <sighs>
0: There is a case to be made that Watson shouldn't have to beat Holmes to get his respect. In this way, it's less of the, I only respect you because you beat me. Getting beaten opened his eyes to the way he was treating Watson. And so having Warrior be behind it the whole time kind of cleared the slate. So it was like, no, it's not because you beat me. It's because you're my friend. Yeah. They didn't really dig in enough for that to be, I think, what they were going for. Like, I don't think that's what they were going for, because they didn't really present it as such. It really just came off as like, ha-ha, I was behind it the whole
1: time! Yeah, like, I didn't really care from where I knew that was, that's probably part of it. But I yeah. think another part of it is like, that the movies interact with a meta-commentary about how it used to be Holmes and Watson, but now it has become... Holmes versus Moriarty, mm-hmm. and Watson is also there.
0: Yeah, I will say, for this Moriarty, I think they did a better The Joker Moriarty than BBC Sherlock did. because oh, for we, sure. We came down pretty hard on that one, rightfully so in my opinion, for being The Joker. I actually thought they did a pretty decent job of making this Moriarty more like The Joker. They didn't have to be glued down in a giant M, but it's the little touches that make a plan really evil. You know?
1: Yeah, he definitely comments on being a super villain, which I don't... It always bothers me when villains refer to themselves as villains, but I guess it's also a kid's thing, whatever. I mean, to be fair, it is needlessly complicated, but that's what super villains do! Yeah, Moriarty's alive, he faked the whole thing, and now for his final problem, he has rigged uh, Death Traps to smash all the gnomes of London. With the tower bridge.
0: They're going to lift the bridge. The bridge, the back anchor, whatever, is going to crush all the gnomes as it opens. And Holmes, Watson, and Juliet are on the submarine that is heading toward the ship. That looks like a submarine more than a ship, weirdly. But to me, at least, yeah. the ship heading towards the bridge that's going to make it open.
1: Where it is like... And when your warship arrives, the bridge will raise
0: up and the 500 ton counterweight will fall. Crushing the gnomes, making you the very instrument their demise yes you sherlock will be
1: the unwitting executioner of every single gnome in london which no but no, whatever that's not how that works yeah everyone manages to team up and defeat moriarty and his evil plan and the gargoyles and everything's fine they save the gnomes and they
0: go home happy what a drone use a lot of drones i mean we're kind of hop skipping through this last bit, but my notes literally stop when they get to the break. <laughs> they stop them. That's that's what happens. Everybody's learned their lesson. Everyone's friends again. Everybody's at the party at the end, where Romeo and Juliet are named the head of the garden garden lords she, yeah garden lords whatever um, <laughs> it's not that high garden lords of all <laughs> Um they plant the flower that Nomio tried to get for Julia at the beginning it's their flower mm. I mean she gets a different one it's not the same one right and it's this great symbolic end to the movie that everybody's happy and healthy and
1: yeah. fuck <laughs> god Holmes and Watson walk off together into the sunset the fuck <laughs> god Okay, we're going to get into that. I just might as well get into it here. That's where our notes are. So...
0: I actually forgot that wasn't even what I was doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that is actually the next yeah. thing on our, yeah. our notes list. So, yeah. An offhand thing happening in the narrative is that this whole planet is going down during a big fireworks celebration That's just will provide some explosions for the plot, as you do. But during this, we have... Holmes and Watson reconciling while all these, like, pink and blue lights are going off around them, and it's very by-lighting. I'll put a link in the description to a good video explaining what by-lighting is, but it's a weirdly romantic color scheme for these Mm -hmm. two. Especially since Gnome and Juliet are blue and red, so, like, the purple is kind of the the union of the two, so it's odd to have also Holmes and Watson bathed in this. When in Rome. Yeah, when in Rome. Or London, I guess. Yeah, when on
0: Tower Bridge. When in Londonium. Oh, that's Sherlock Gnome's. So what do we think of Holmes... Divorcing ourselves from the fact that it's Johnny Depp who is a most unpleasant person for this. What did we think of this take on Holmes?
1: It's doing that thing where Holmes is a huge jerk, really mean, doesn't care about people, and all that stuff, which I understand why we're doing that. I understand that BBC Sherlock has made that like a thing for the next few decades or whatever, but I'm seeing the odd warmth and strangeness of Jeremy Brett Sherlock. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of not super into it. I think it works for the story they're telling, but I'm kind of ready for us to
0: tell other stories. A lot of the more modern takes, I feel like conflated lines like, he doesn't come to me for sympathy. With, I get to just be an asshole to everybody. And right. It's more like, this is the job. Mm. On the job, I'm going to ask them the questions I need to ask to solve the mystery. And if servants or the like military comrades are going to try to duck the question for propriety... I'm not gonna put up with that. But we've also seen a lot of times when it comes down to normal people who are trying to help. Holmes is generally warm with them. That's one of the reasons, like you're saying, we're back to Holmes is just kind of an asshole to mm-hmm. everybody.
1: And I feel like there's ways to do Holmes being very hyper focused without him being a jerk. Like I don't have time for social niceties. We only have 24 hours to save the gnomes.
0: Yeah, there is a great scene in the, when they when they're looking for the gnomes in *NOMIO* and *JULIET'S* back garden which in america we would call backyard yeah where he just throws himself on the floor and is crawling around his butt's just straight up in there as he's crawling across the grass and it's very jeremy brett like spider walking sideways in the crooked man or throwing himself on the floor in. um speckled band, like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, which I think works really well. They play with the fact that these are in fact gnomes so they can move in really weird ways mm-hmm. and do stuff, which is fun.
0: There's that great scene where he's chastising Julia for being very bad at waving a fake squirrel's tail and he just starts wiggling his butter on a little bit. Just some fun, just yeah. some butt fun. Some weird... That thing that you just said, yeah. yeah. Thank you for not saying weird by fun.
1: Um, <laughs> Speaking of Juliet, so Juliet is played by Emily Blunt, who I love, playing the baker's wife from Into the Woods. Yeah. No difference in these characters.
0: House. We must lift the spell together. The spell is on
1: our house. Now tell me, what am I to return with? Oh, you don't remember. And I'm not super here for the whole woman learns to not be so focused on her job but she neglects her husband thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not the worst possible version of it, but we've moved past this now.
0: I feel like she was being overly focused on... And it's not even just Gnomeo. Mm. It was like... There were a lot of scenes where he would suggest something and she would just kind of disregard any suggestion. And I felt more like it was... Taking a step back, not necessarily being less focused on it, just like also. Like
1: learning to compromise more. I
0: guess, yeah, or allow other people in. Like, don't be less focused, but maybe allow more people in with the focus. Yeah. It still didn't play great because she was very much the, like, no, work, 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 like trope that we've seen a hundred times. And then it was like, oh, you didn't pick me and I'd pick you. Oh, yeah, he'd always pick me. I should pick him. Like, it didn't pan out great. I.
1: Yeah. I think it bothered me less if Romeo had also, like, learned a lesson as part of this, but yeah, he didn't change point. as much.
0: It was very much, she needed to change, and he was awesome. That's a good point.
1: Unlike in Into the Woods, where the wife is a bit too focused, but the husband is a bit too cowardly, they get a bit of that from each other. But then they find
0: a giant's foot. <sighs> Into the Woods.
1: And home before dark.
0: So, we've talked about Holmes. What do we think about Holmes and Watson?
1: It's that, I mean, it's Functionally, the dynamic from uh, Holmes and Watson, the movie we reviewed last time we did one of these.
0: Yeah, which honestly, again, that's what brought the the comparison down. Yeah.
1: Um, this is what the Holmes and Watson dynamic is in the pop culture now?
0: I don't know. I, I think it's more... Not that Watson's neglected. It's more that Watson is there to be impressed and also is, like, the normal one. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it was, like, actively neglecting Watson. Mm-hmm. Like, Watson was there to help and then just didn't exist anymore do you see it watson yes there are no footprints Hmm. Hmm. someone kidnapped all the gnomes from this backyard without leaving a single footprint (sighs) which parallels a previous scene with nomio and julia in the garden oh yeah There's a lot of line sharing. As kind of heavy-handed as it is, they do a good job of spinning like the lines. What do you care more about, the garden or me? Oh, you're being ridiculous. That is not an answer. The garden can't wait and you can. Dialogue leading up to that, like, that's not an answer, blah, 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 is replayed almost verbatim with Juliet and Holmes later in the museum. Emotion is the enemy of logic. That is not an answer.
1: The case can't wait, you can. Right well it's kind of weird because in the case of the garden they have it's a garden it'll it'll be there but yeah. there literally is a ticking clock for the gnomes like they are actively in danger
0: yeah I, and and I'm not necessarily drawing a one-two-one oh, comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm saying though but the discussion and the debate and the kind of confrontation are almost verbatim right it's like a few like case instead of garden or etc like I think they do a good job with that even if the trope is a little heavy handed again it's a kids movie yeah, yeah they yeah. need to get this across two children
1: and a lot of our critiques it has to be filtered through the lens of this is made for kids. It's very safe.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And and I, I mean, we never see anything get smashed. Even if it's like, oh, this did happen. We never see it. The worst is when we think Watson gets smashed. He falls off like a tower, and then we hear. The sound of a smashing, it turns out it was a flower pot that he broke with his cane. Yeah. To, make, to help throw them off the sin or whatever. I say it's heavy-handed, but it, it's filter that through the fact that it's for children. And it probably comes out just right for kids.
1: Yeah, also this movie's a bit dark for kids. Like, there, There's a period of time where you assume that a primary character is dead.
0: And, I mean, there's a bit at the beginning when they think Moriarty's dead. It's because they, under the, the bones of a dinosaur that fell on him, they find like this bit of the crown... That was on Moriarty's head, because Moriarty's the mascot of Moriarty's pies. Sure. They come in Goobarb, and Ugh. the crown is there. Like, it's been broken off, and then later, when they meet Moriarty, he has the crown, and at one point, it is like... My hat's off to you. Literally, and He pulls off the crown. Like, it's still broken off, and he just, like, pulls it off, and there's just this giant hole in his head. Like, I wasn't scared, but even as a doll's like, oh...
1: Yeah, I think kids can handle a certain amount of scary and a th- certain amount of dark, and I think it's good for them to get eaten to it. I think it, this is a good example where they're dealing with non-humans, so it's a little more okay, and also Watson wants it being okay at the end. But his plan is still complex for a kid's film, I like that.
0: Yeah, the the logos all fitting together at the end was a really cool touch that obviously, yeah. I mean... I don't think anybody was supposed to figure that out, but it was cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, one thing I will say, I am definitely here for more already having dragons. More things should do that. Whether or not it makes sense for there to be dragons in that world. Get on that, Naomi Novik.
0: Yeah. I think that's everything we've got. Do you have any monographs?
1: Not really. I mean, I have a few complaints about some of the minor characters, like the the annoying frog, the mankini guy, but they're... How dare you!
0: <laughs> Almost said sir. <laughs> har. How dare you, har! <laughs>
1: But these are not really germane to the Sherlock Holmes aspect. They're just stuff for
0: kids, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If that's done, we don't really have any contenders for Must Clash. Yeah. A few big. I feel like it's unfair with gnomes, right? Who have famously ludicrous facial hair. Yeah. We move on to the last matter at hand, which is announcing when is season three coming out. When is season three coming
1: out? Hopefully we want this to come out two weeks after you're hearing this now, as you're hearing this when it comes out, and if not, it'll be less than two weeks. So the next episode's going to come out on July the 11th.
0: July 11th. Jackson and I spend an interesting evening in the empty house.
1: Thanks for listening. Make sure to keep up with us. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Ingranata. You can also listen to my other podcast, Gratuitous Pausing. Gratuitous Pausing on Twitter and Facebook.
0: You can also listen to my other podcast, The Equalizers. And we are at The Equalizers on Twitter, Facebook, everything. And we spell it E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel.
1: River to meet thy go.